Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show Podcast. I am your host, Cornholio, and tonight we are live with the amazing artist from the Destiny community, and he has one of the most remarkable stories of triumph and perseverance. He defied all odds and became one of the most respected artists in our community with thousands of projects behind him. Starting out with just the trackpad and working his way up to greatness. We're really excited to invite him on the show tonight to share his amazing journey. And he is Young Khan. Young Khan, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you uh, so much. I'm glad to be here. You feel like you built me up so much. I feel like I can hardly beat the expectations of that introduction. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, though. You have one of the most inspiring stories of how you pretty much became an artist because you started out in the destiny community before you even became an artist, which is so, so cool. And we're going to learn much more about you. We're going to put you on the hot seat for our discussion with the guardians. But before we do, I want to welcome my co-host shadow price. How's it going tonight? Uh, it's going pretty good. It's just a uh, crazy week. Again, just like last week, it was a crazy week. We had the PS5 pre-orders last week. And the 10, what, the 3080 graphics cards, too? That debacle. And this week, we got the Series X pre-orders. We got, you know, Xbox buying Bethesda. Got some crazy things happening. And, you know, I guess the start of Tokyo Game Show today, too. So there was some oh, okay. things from there. So, well. so we, have, we have a few things that are going on in the world yeah. of video games. Oh, yeah. As you mentioned, Xbox Series X is officially out for pre-order. Maybe if you might not be able to get one at this very moment, but it was available, I promise. And yeah. they set a date, they set a time. And I think the stores were pretty respectful of it. I don't think anyone released the console early. We didn't get a PlayStation story that we got the previous week. So it was really interesting to see how this launch turned out. Now, were either of you following the Xbox Series X launch this past Monday? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I was able to get a pre-order in. Um, I was, yeah, at Walmart, actually. I only heard tales of pre-order-like problems. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like it was, uh, I don't know, every time you, you bog down the system with that many, like, I don't know, it's, it's always the same thing every time this release. It seems like nothing ever goes off like without a hitch. It seems kind of stressful, actually. Yeah, the sites buckle under their own, like, weight, basically. With yeah. all, all, like, on it at the w one time, and then you got bots on there, too, probably. <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing. I don't I don't even know. There's like no I'm not a bot button on a, a, a shopping cart. Yeah. I've never clicked one anyway. Although it's kind of funny because some of these bots were getting confused and buying Xbox One X's instead of 
Series you X. You know what? I think it had like a 700% increase on sales on Amazon too for the yeah, Xbox wow. One X. I'm like, oh no. I can just imagine that face when they crack that box open. So the bots aren't foolproof. You know, they, they, have, uh, they have flaws. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's what you get for using a bot. And exactly. I, I can go on. I can go on about it. But you know what? All I'm going to say is karma's a bitch. And, <laughs> you know, it sucks because, I mean, there are people out there who actually want a console. They're not trying to sell 20 of them like, like some of these crappy people out there. I just, I don't know, man. It really grinds my gears because for me, it's like, you're you're not doing honest business you're just screwing somebody out from getting something that they actually want and you're forcing parents you're forcing people out there to have to spend double triple the amount of money they should be spending on something and i i don't think that should be right and i think part of the problem is ebay and the way that they allow you to pretty much sell anything at any price and there is good I, news I, though we I have good know. news on the horizon tomorrow what's the good news i need some good news GameStop is accepting pre-orders of PS5. Um, so you got to go to your local GameStop and they are taking pre-orders there tomorrow. So that's a bright spot. Yep. Okay. Well, that's good. See, for me, I, I was able to get an Xbox Series X. I got one from Walmart also. And I mean, I... The website glitched out for me for about five minutes where the order would not go through, but I just kept pretty much pressing place order plus place order. And then it, it went through after like five minutes. But I started on the site like literally the minute that pre-orders went live. So I That's was gotta very be super stressful. It was a little bit stressful, you know, but after I got that pre-order, I was like, I'm good. I, I just, I'm, I'm good. I don't want to deal with this because the Xbox was pretty stressful for about five minutes. The PlayStation was, I mean, I got one pretty much right away. Oh, yeah, both. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting, I'm getting both. Uh, well, so my reasoning for getting a PlayStation 5 is that I have a PSVR and mm -hmm. I also have a ton of PlayStation exclusive games that, you know, I'd like to play in upscaled, you know, whatever resolutions. And then the Xbox, I have Game Pass for probably the rest of my life. Um, so I have access to so many games by just buying an Xbox Series X. Now to find the time to play all these things because I'm a PC guy, so it's like, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, that's got to be. You're all right. That's too many games to play. Yeah, it's dude. It's gonna be like Christmas this November. I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself. And based on the shipment dates, I think I'm gonna be getting both consoles on the same day. So that that should oh, be geez. interesting. I don't think I ever had that happen. It's going to be Christmas in November. So exciting. <laughs> it's going to be great. Shadow Price. Now, are you getting yours on the same day as well? As far as I know, yeah. I think it's November 12th. Even though the Series X comes out November 10th, but for some reason they're going to they're going to lump them together. Like cuz yeah, Walmart. So yeah, gotta love Walmart. Let's let's make sure. Hopefully, they come through. You know, 
because yeah. you know, things things can happen sometimes. And of course, we have some more really big news to talk about. And I think this is probably going to go down as the news of the decade, possibly, because Bethesda was officially acquired by Xbox. And not only Bethesda, but it was like the entire ZeniMax company, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ZeniMax uh, was, you know, they they were the parent company of Bethesda, but now they're owned by Microsoft. Well, they will be. I guess the deal doesn't get finalized until next year sometime, but they're pretty much going to be owned by them. And it it was an all-cash deal, $7.5 billion. I'll let Mixture Money get freed up. They are like, yeah, let's do something else with our money. <laughs> yeah. So that's insane. And they get all those IPs now, too. Pocket so, change. Yeah. And like some of the biggest IPs, like with Elder Scrolls and Fallout and um, uh, Wolfenstein. I know yeah, I'm forgetting should, a lot of them. <laughs> this should be definitely interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're acquiring some of the biggest names in in the video game industry. I mean, Skyrim. That means Skyrim. Skyrim. On we Game have... Pass, it's going to be enhanced probably in 4K. Yeah. So it's cool. That's going to make Game Pass a very compelling offer if it isn't already. Oh, and... breaking news. Doom Eternal comes to um, Game Pass on October 1st. Wow, that's almost too much. Almost too much good news. Yeah, <laughs> man, too many, too many things going on. There's too much, right? This entire week and a half has been just absolutely crazy. Between the graphics cards coming out, and these graphics cards are powerful. They are like, let me put it this way: the 2080 Ti that was from the previous generation that cost fourteen hundred dollars is less powerful than the now five hundred dollar. 3070 just it's insane in how much power we're getting and it all happened within span of a week and a half and i think the video game industry will never be the same again because of the changes that took place this past week yeah the 3090s went up for pre-order today uh really yeah, but I ain't spending fifteen hundred dollars. Oh man, but it's fifteen hundred dollars. Oh I, man, I don't have fifteen hundred dollars to just drop like that. <laughs> Jeez. What's the website again? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the New Egg, and they were probably all sold out. They were probably sold out within seconds, and oh yep. man, that's that's crazy. I did not even realize that. That's so crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's out of stock. $30.90. Wow. That's I, I I can't even imagine that. That's too much money. Yep. Too That's much, way too much. And of course, we have one more thing to talk about. And this is relating to the game that we play, and that's Destiny. And Destiny 2 is coming to Game Pass. And actually, no, it's already on Game Pass right now um i yep. think it launched last week right shadow price yeah or two days so, ago sorry. two days ago two days ago okay it's been a long week 
I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's been a really long week, and I can't uh, wait for Friday. Well, my days don't make any sense anymore, so it, weeks and days are just non-existent. Yeah. Everything's COVID into our lives. Jesus. And we have COVID, yes. And, of course, it's it's been a weird year. I think that a lot of things happened this year. And we're going to invite Young Khan and we're going to put him on the hot seat for our discussion with the Guardians. We're going to learn much more about Young Khan, what he does, how he got started in the Destiny community, and so much more. So, Young Khan, I hope you're ready. I am braced. All right, let's do this. So, the first question we have for you is how did you get started in the Destiny community and playing Destiny? I, oof. Well, I started playing the game during beta. I wasn't really part of the community, per se, because I was playing solo in, L- in LFG groups. But uh, the, the one like key factor was I got into... Uh, I got hit to the podcast scene when I started listening to uh, Guardians of Destiny with Mark Tarkat, uh, Mesa Sean, My Name is Bife. That was my first introduction to the community. And I think shortly after, I made my first Twitter account which was uh, <laughs> nothing like it is now. <laughs> it was very Destiny-centric, though. I think it was like Khan the Hunter, you know, 7-7 seven, seven point, whatever the addendum was I had. Uh, but it's truly after that, I, uh, I got in touch with some of the artists, and uh, it really inspired me to get back into doing art. Yeah, I remember listening to Guardian Radio. Um when destiny first came out and they, they and fire team chat, like, you know, really got me into destiny. I feel like, you know, yeah. And, and just playing the game and just knowing how awesome the music was and the gameplay. It was a total appreciation for most of the, uh, most of the hosts they had on there. It was just, they were just PVP people. They were kind of PVE. They were kind of, you know, uh, music, you know, Lore. They had they had something to read about all, all those shows. Hargrove. Yeah, he's like a scientist. Works for uh, yeah. He works for NASA. NASA. Yeah. <laughs> so and uh, yeah, it was really cool listening to him. And he did the ghost stories too. Uh, like read the lore. It was you know he had Bife on there too. And yeah, it was, it was great meeting those guys uh, at uh, my first Guardian Con. It was uh, it was quite a pleasure. What what year did you go? What was your first one? Uh, four years. So not not counting this year, it'd be four years ago. So it was at the fairgrounds uh, in Tampa. No, yeah, 20, uh, was it twenty sixteen? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was mine too. It, they they still call it Destiny Con then. Too. Oh, then, no, no, I was at the first Guardian Con then. It wasn't Destiny Con. I still got the oh. T-shirt, so it might have been twenty seventeen. Okay, probably 2017. Yeah, yeah, they literally, my shirt that I got from the event says Destiny Con on it. Okay, and, so yeah, uh, 2017. Yeah. Yep. I, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've been to three, and we didn't have one this year. Yeah, that's true. Gotcha. Oh, wow, so you've been to three Guardian Cons. Yep. Wow. So how would you say that the event has evolved with each year that you attended? It is, number one, unbelievable. It's... uh because of the size and the magnitude of the, you know, the presenters and the groups involved. It's like, I couldn't even believe the last year I went, I was like, this makes no sense. Doesn't even feel real that this is all based around, you know, the Destiny community, but 
it was an entire show floor, wall to wall, and Bungie was in. Like this is almost unbelievable. So it's it's been quite some, it's been quite a something to see. Um, so it's been surreal is probably the word I'm looking for. And last year, yeah, last year I had my first table there. Oh wow! That's got to be pretty exciting. Remember going back nuts. sixteen and and meeting meeting all the you know people in the Destiny community and like you know getting pictures with Mesa Sean and and Cosmo and you know talking to Fran Mirabella for like fifteen minutes. Uh, it was it was really cool. It was a really cool experience. I think I see. Oh, well, I did see Fran every year at different conventions. Now <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure when I'll see him again. Yeah, and now it's called GCX, right? I yeah, mean, that was GCX. Yeah. And you know, interestingly, I was supposed to go to GCX this year. Um, I actually live now about I would say 30 minutes from the site of GCX. So I was getting ready to buy my ticket and everything, and then COVID happened. And yeah, so here we are. But I'm really hoping that next year they do have it and we'll get a chance to attend because it's going to be really cool. Like having actually had a chance to like podcast with a lot of the community and having met so many people through the art of podcasting. And I feel like for me, it would be really awesome to meet all of these individuals in our community and to hang out and celebrate. And now you mentioned that, you know, you had a table at GCX this past year. Now, yeah. did you sell art there? Like, what did you have there? Oh, I had, uh, I had T-shirts, I had bottle openers, I had, um, I had hoodies, I had prints. Um, I had, I had pretty much everything. I had pins, I had stickers, I had, um, I had pre-orders for things. I didn't go home with too much stuff, actually. The, the, the bottle openers and the, uh, the keychains, they were all, like, uh, CNC engraved and, uh, this metal. They didn't last two hours. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So, to go back just a little bit. How did you get started with creating art? Um, it was mainly because of the Destiny community. Uh, having not made anything for a decade, art-wise, um, I'm pretty sure you heard the story already, but uh, I, got, I was diagnosed with a very rare uh, neuromuscular disease called myasthenia gravis, which um, you know, took one of my eyes. I couldn't like see for her. A number of months, I, uh, you know, I couldn't walk, I couldn't talk, I couldn't drink water, I couldn't really eat food without, you know, a significant help. that had to be like crushed ice and yogurt that would choke on it. So I went from bodybuilding and competing in martial arts to, you know, basically being unable to use my arms and my eyes. So I had an eye patch on. And then when I started to come back a little bit, so I can't really do a push up. You know, after I had my post-surgery that helped with the disease and the medication I was on. So I can't, I can't jog, I can't run. I'm like, I might as well try to do art again. So I got a really cheap laptop off of a, I got a refurbed um, MacBook Pro off of Amazon. And that was my first foray getting back into doing art after seeing uh, Cobb One's art on Instagram. I was like, man, I love Destiny, and I would really love to make art. 
about destiny that would really like just distract me from you know the phys the physical you know limitations I'm, I'm i have right now so that was my first jump back in and uh haven't looked back yeah you know, i think it's so amazing that a lot of people would lose hope and want to give up right dealing with the level of stress that you had and level of pain that you had to go through but instead you allowed that to push you to persevere and to find something that you love to do that you're able to give back to the world in so many ways now and and you create so much art now and you actually do it on your twitch channel correct mm -hmm. seven nights a week wow and wow. how how's that been like being on the under the lens at all times pretty much whenever you're creating art having everyone watch you oh uh, nothing really weird for me it's just i was actually co-hosting on a podcast a destiny podcast with uh too loud tx and aztec cross and uh my buddy too loud was like you should really stream this stream your email work and i was like uh, i don't think that's a good idea um i was wrong i was on my coke uh, so i jumped into it not knowing what I was going to get out of it. It's like, I just go ahead and do the work live. And then I kind of grew into this, uh, an online community that I was not trying to make happen. It just kind of happened organically. So we went from getting affiliate in a few days, because I was already doing email work for people and people that, you know, needed their emails done and come back and come by and see me do it live. And it kind of just kept growing. Cause I work, I work like a madman. I, 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 I work at a breakneck speed compared to a lot of artists. Um, so to see me make an emote, it's like, hey, I'm going to grab a sandwich, be right back. And like, oh, where's the emote you're working at? Um, that was done three emotes ago. I'm sorry. I'm already on your, I'm already on the sixth one. You're like, you're done or with the five? I'm like, yeah. I, I'm, you want to, do these look bad to you? They look great. I'm like, well, I'm going to keep moving this fast then. <laughs> I'm going to keep rocking them out because I, I don't know what it is about uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, you are your own worst boss. You're just like, it's, it, you can go ahead and get another one done. It's it's it's, it's midnight, but you can, you, can, you can do like, you know, 10 more, right? Before 2 a.m. Like, yeah, I can do that. So I did that till about 4 or 5 a.m. working two jobs, working, you know, working at the at the bar and, and working this business for about four or five months until I finally phased that job out and went full-time into this. That's amazing. So how is that? day that you quit your job to officially just do art full-time um i had mentally checked out maybe two months ago so i was slowly just carving my days down to you know uh working full-time to just working four days to just working two days to like to one day and then i like hey uh anybody want to close the restaurant anybody want to <laughs> You mean with this bar shift? I was giving, I was basically just coming in, giving my shift away, sitting at the bar and doing all the work I had to do that night on my laptop at the bar. So that's how that kind of, you know, flushed itself out. That's pretty awesome. Wow. And now what is your favorite piece of art that you've done so far? I mean, you've done a lot of artwork over the last few years oh that's easy my favorite piece of artwork i did with uh the person that got me into doing art it was inspired by doing art. i did a uh 50 50 uh, collaboration with cobb one 
uh, which we used to raise money for St. Jude's Charity. I think we raised like two or $3,000 with it. And that's the only piece of art I own that was made by me that's framed in my home. Wow. Yeah, we did a 50-50 of a fallen captain. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. My proudest piece of artwork I made, you know, so much money now, for charity. Is it still available or is it no longer oh, available? We only had 100 prints. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, that's why it was super special to me. Very cool. And so if someone out there wants to become a graphics designer, where should they start? What advice could you give them? Oh, YouTube. Everything you ever wanted to know is free on YouTube. I go straight to YouTube University. YouTube is such a great resource, and I, I have to agree. For me personally, I use YouTube to learn so much. When I built my computer, like that was this was my first build. And it's funny because I got this big textbook thinking I was going to need, you know, some really detailed information to get this computer built but no i didn't even touch that book i went on youtube and i learned everything with every single step and it worked so well and and it was such a relief turn powering on the computer because i wasn't sure if it was going to work or not it was a relief to to actually see it work yeah there's a uh, literally no excuse people can't learn a majority of things nowadays for free. The only thing that can limit you is yourself and your own self-doubt and not believing that you can or putting in your 100% effort into it. Yeah, coming from the days I had to go to a library to pick up a book to find out about anything uh, to finding out about everything at, you know, at the, you know, the grip of your hand, it's kind of... It's it, there's no excuse really. With with the power of the internet, we're all interconnected in in such a big way. You can learn anything, you can connect with anyone, and you can literally do anything that you put your mind to. And that's so true. And you're living proof of it, Young Khan. So thank you for sharing that with us. And so as an artist, have you ever felt creator block where you just don't really have inspiration or don't really know what you're creating when you're working with a client project? Uh, no. I've heard about it, but I don't really believe in it. That's really interesting. So what's, I, what's your take on it? Oh, it's just like having plumber's block or bartender's block. No one goes to work and say, I can't really do this job because I'm not inspired to do it. I don't really look for inspiration. I just do the work. Uh, grad design and art, I just think, are the skills you build upon. Like, how would you take a sink apart? You got step A, step, step B, step C, and step D. You know, Art is the same way. You got a loose idea. The worst thing you can do about it is overthink it. Once you overthink it, I guess you can make a block. You can block yourself from doing anything. Um, it's, a, it's a very controversial you know, take, but I don't know any animators that work for Disney or, you know, for for Marvel or, you know, putting out comic books that have art block. They just make the comics. They don't miss four or five, you know, editions of Spider-Man because he had art block. Or like video game developers. 
or, or video game dev. Yeah, I don't. No one gets a dev block. Yeah, you might have a, you might have a problem solving. You have a you have has an issue solving a problem, but you take your time and you take the if you look at it as a large bit of an immovable object instead of taking that part as a a stone you take a piece off of you know one step at a time it's going to be a lot easier to manage. Uh, that's why I've never never I've never encountered art block. I've gone through one more I've gone through more sketches because I couldn't figure out a problem but it's just problem solving. It's about staying persistent and you know wanting to solve the problem and seeing it through. Yeah, I mean, again, we're with the internet. Uh, I don't know what to draw. Well, what have you always wanted to draw? I want to draw this, but I can't draw it. Well, why aren't you taking steps to learn how to draw that thing? Why are you making so much sense? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to help. I could only draw one thing when I was, you know, a kid, and it was like Ninja Turtles. I used to draw Ninja Turtles all the time. Oh, me too. Actually, I still have a turtle. I got the turtle when I was eight <laughs> years old, and he is 30 now. Wow, cool. His name is Leonardo. So that's how so far back that turtle's gone. Wow. He's way past his teenage years. He's gonna reach mid, middle age sometime soon. <laughs> middle age ninja turtle. <laughs> yeah, he's he's up there. <laughs> so Young Khan, how have the last twelve months been for you and how um, have they impacted your life? The last 12 months have been extraordinarily good, you know, art and business-wise, uh, outside of just the total chaos that is life on this planet, you know, besides the, you know, Earth being on fire uh, and everything else politically. Um, things are going well for me. Oh, better than I could ever expect it. So on the home front, well, like it's things have gone so well, it feels bad to celebrate them in light of everything that's going on in the world. But you know, I got partnered. I probably broke 4,000 emotes this year, probably over 100 rebrands. Um, I'm booked out till early February right now for orders. Um, my merch store, my personal like Concord like clothing line is taking off. Um, all the pre-orders have been sold out for quite some time. So too well for too too well to celebrate, it feels like. That's really exciting, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's gotta be really, you know, awesome to see all of your hard work finally pay off and i mean i know you you're a machine you work all the time you you're always creating art right mm. always working on something and to finally be able to achieve something so great especially during a time when the world seems so fragile right you know i, I can find multiple friends of mine who have been negatively impacted, you know, financially by these circumstances that we're going through. But at the same time, like for me personally, I haven't really felt it on that aspect of it. I'm still able to do my job and be financially secured 
where I know that I don't have to worry like some people out there do. Yeah. So I've been I've, I've been lucky. Yeah, very very true, and I, I'm I'm sure we can all echo that. You know, we all have a lot to be grateful for in in the last year. And so, on a slightly different subject, what are you most excited about with the future of Destiny Two? Oh, Vault the Glass, hands down, ready to go back to the vault. I am ready for an updated vault experience. Dude, me too. Me too. I'm so excited for Vault of Glass. And you know, Vault of Glass is my favorite raid. To this day, uh, I think that it is the most special raid. It has the most, it's the most special raid to me, right? It has the best weapons of any raid. It has the best boss encounters. And I have my best memories from playing the Vault of Glass. Yeah, we have our fondest memories of that. It's our first raid. It's just got nostalgia written all over it. We've been through every part of that raid. So watching it come back again, you know, obviously it's going to be updated, I'm sure. They're going to change up some of the fights, just like they did in the Age of Triumph. Yeah. Too. I'm so. just excited about the weapons, some of the weapons coming back. I'm not sure how they're going to play out, but... Oh, um, they got to bring back, right? They got to bring back. Yeah, but with our system, our current like weapon system... How will, you know, some of those weapons even play out with having primaries that are have uh, burns on them? Just bring them back. You know what I think is going to happen? I think what they're going to do is the versions that have the burns are going to be exotic, and that's how they're going to do it. And that's what they did during Age of Triumph. Yeah, they brought back, yeah, they brought back the exotics. Yeah. But I don't, so, I don't know still. It's, it seems like a... I don't know. They fly, I, I hope. I know they got it all planned out. I'm not sure it's going to break the the PVE meta or not, but it should be interesting. If you can swap between, you know, two elementals on the whim instead of like swapping a button or something like, uh, what's the exotic hard light? It should be should be interesting. And with the introduction of stasis element, you know, some of the weapons could have stasis on it. It's a whole other like bag of worms. I can't even think about like that breaks my brain to think about Stix's weapons right now. I, I can't, I can't exactly. entertain that thought. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm ready for it. It looks, it looks like a welcoming change because I think that for the past, I would say two, three years, Destiny 2 felt a bit samey. There, there didn't feel like there's something really major happening in terms of like how you play with your character and now that we're getting stasis i feel like this is a pretty pretty big change in terms of the meta and and how we can use our characters i like the world building they're doing with the pyramid shifts that's actually interesting yeah as opposed to like you see it like them crashing into into the side of the uh into a lot of the planets which is nice but I'm ready for stuff like that. More of that. Isn't that called environmental storytelling? Yeah. Yeah. And and they, they promised that last year when they talked about their vision for Shadowkeep and going into the future of Destiny. They, they had a vision to create storytelling through different events that are taking place in the universe. And especially when the, uh, when the pyramid ship crashed on um in the tower for an hour and a half 
granted oh, the, the almighty. you mean the almighty the all, yeah. oh it was the almighty i'm sorry so it was really cool you know it the way that everything kind of went down i wish it was 30 minutes instead of an hour and a half obviously but i think it's really cool that destiny is able to bring people together and to tell a story through community through experience through watching something happen in front of you and i think it's going to be a little glimpse of what we're going to be seeing in the future yeah and i can't remember if it was dan finity or one of our past guests that brought this up we're going into festival of the loss after uh iron banner week i believe if i'm not mistaken and <clears throat> we're going to be losing planets right i mean so I'm sure there's going to be some sort of live event that's going to happen that's going to usher those planets out and, you know, bring in the new stuff. You know, there's going to be an environmental storytelling thing that's going to happen probably that's going to lead to the those planets going away and then bringing in uh, Europa and Cosmodrome, you know, and it's like, just like they, that's Bungie paying off the single evolving world, basically, so. I'm just wondering how to how, if they take them out, will it be like some kind of infestation that happens that you can't go back to the planet, but it's, it's cut off like the uh, the cosmodrome the cosmodrome was, or how how are we going to tell that part of the story? Like why are they going away again? Are you sure that's a valid reason? Yeah, well, once they do that update in the Beyond Light, they're just going to get removed from the director completely, yeah. so they won't be accessible at all. But. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to uh, make that happen. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do in terms of the storytelling with how they ex explain these destinations going away. I also don't necessarily think it's extremely important to them to build a whole narrative around where everything is going away or why everything's going away, because Bungie is the type of company that leaves a lot of things kind of open for a while, right? I mean, Shadow Price, we talked about this earlier, how we had events that took part during the Taken King, during the collector's edition that we had from that game, and it almost foreshadowed what we're getting now, right? So I see this being a story that doesn't necessarily get told and unfolds throughout just one season. I think it's going to take time for everything to be flushed out and for us to really fully understand everything. You know, like, for example, as much as we're going to learn in Beyond Light, I think we're going to gain as many questions at the same time. And there's going to be a lot of open-ended storylines that aren't going to really resolve for seasons. Yeah, but it's also exciting just with the return of the Stranger, the Exo Stranger coming back, you know, with Varric's coming back too um if everybody's saw the new trailer uh, we we know that Varix is uh narrating that trailer and he's uh sending out a distress signal from the sounds of it so it's gonna be pretty cool seeing those characters come back into the fold i feel like and uh yeah and bungie likes to leave these breadcrumbs all you know throughout well, and that path was like shut off for a bit. They said the Exo Stranger storyline was dead, or Luke Smith said it was dead a while back. Right. I'm like, oh man, it's kind of sad. And here we yeah. go. 
Here we go. And she's back. Yeah, because he said Destiny 2 was a story about, like, it was a story about light. And now we're heading in, into an age of darkness, basically. Like, the beginning of Destiny 2 was, like, us getting our light back and us being triumphant. And we came back from the age of triumphant, the most powerful we were. We lost our light and then got it back. And now we're going into an age of darkness with the pyramid ships all here. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And it, this really drives the point that Destiny is an ever-evolving world. Nothing is ever going to stay constant or the same. Things are going to change throughout the universe. The stories that are told are going to evolve and they're going to change. And some things may not make sense from the beginning, but they might make sense in three, four, five years. And yeah. in a way, I'm kind of excited about that because we get to learn everything full circle. And to get to play the Vault of Glass, I mean, to me, that's yeah, that's so exciting because Vault of Glass is where it all began, right? Like we're part of a very small group of guardians who are part of the beta, who are part of the game when it was just getting started, right? It was back in, what, July of 2014? And I, I still remember we were playing PvP, we were playing Control on, what was that, First Light? Is that the map? Yeah, First Light. First Light, my favorite map. And um, I still remember the day that they opened up the moon oh yeah Very briefly the weekend, moon, yeah but it was like it was so cool to get get a chance to experience that and it's special being a part of that right it's special to be a part of that group that saw gallarhorn get sold that first week and yet you stupidly picked the other gun because you just didn't know any better right it's moments like I this I talk mean, about it. it's exactly right <laughs> i still remember Kindergartens. Do you remember Kindergartens? Not like year two or year three or year seven Kindergartens, but I mean like the original Kindergartens. Oh, yeah. The ones who didn't buy the game because they were going to hold off until Black Friday. And then they finally got the game and we had to pretty much carry them through all the activities. Right? Christmas noobs. Yeah. The Christmas noobs. Yeah. And then the, the time when like we were trying to play Crota's End and you couldn't get in the group. You went on LFG, you found a group, you got in the group, and you're kicked. Why? You don't have a Gallarhorn. You know, I mean, these are these are things that I think are really special. Or fighting the the Eye of the Gate Lord. Remember that Chattel Price? Mm. And I remember I tried doing that solo and, and after like 30 minutes, 40 minutes of like dying right at the end with that third freaking boss, man. That was frustrating. That was like Shadow, get in here. Let's do this. Oh yeah, the you know the final boss in the Black Garden. The final yeah. boss in the Black Garden. Yeah. Good times. Oh man. So so much to look forward to. I know. I am so excited. Oh man, hold on a second. Something is back in stock. Can you guess what's back in stock? Are the Xboxes? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Graphics card. Uh, Where did you see that? It's sold out. Back <laughs> oh. <laughs> in stock, it's sold out. <laughs> yep, that's the story of the 3080s. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that sucks. 
Yeah, I've been trying to get a graphics card and I, I don't want to talk about it. It's been it's been tough. It's been tough. And it's like, I, I just I want one. But well, I kind of need one now. But well, yeah, that's a whole <laughs> we're not going to talk about it on the podcast. But some positive things. Young Khan, if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you want to go? Considering there's no COVID. Uh, I probably want to visit my buddies uh, who's training at, they were training at, uh, in inner outer Mongolia. Uh, that's probably where I want to visit first. That's how I got my name, by the way, uh, from training Mongolian wrestling. Oh, cool. Really interesting. So what exactly is Mongolian wrestling? Um, you seen judo? I not. It's well, it's a throwing art where if you hit the ground, you pretty much there's no there's no points. So you basically want to throw your opponent as far and as high as possible. That's the goal. If you get a, if you get into spiral, there's like three points. I think just a straight slam is like two points. The trip is one point, and there's no uh, ring. So you kind of wrestle in a circle, similar to like a wrestling match, a high school wrestling match. Interesting. Now, have you ever gotten hurt wrestling before? Uh, no, but I've hurt a couple people by accident. Okay, so so you the purpose isn't to like hurt anyone. It's 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 more. So it's a martial art. If you're competing, you're trying to like you know maim your opponent. You're trying to be malicious. You try not to be incapacitated. Yeah, I've also fought, I fought for contact kickboxing, which is kind of like, you can knock your opponent out. That's what you want to go for. So in wrestling, no. In kickboxing, yes. I've... I like Mongolian beef a lot. I'm a fan. I'm not sure Mongolian beef is Mongolian. Probably not, but I love how tender it is. Mm. Really I found cool. out recently that fortune cookies aren't Chinese. They're Japanese. Really? Yeah know that wow hey, they got confused japan that's the, I'm the motherland <laughs> that's definitely where i want to go where japan i miss japan i would love to go to japan have you been to japan yeah tokyo oh my god i'm so jealous I want, it was uh, quite a long time awesome. ago so how was that experience like Going to um, Japan, like how how long were you there for? Two weeks. I walked around on vacation. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was kind of looking for a job too, so I was doing a looking for an ES. Oh, it's called ESO. I was just going to, to teach English there. Oh yes, I've heard of that. Okay, and actually, I think there was one point where I thought about doing that, and then I actually looked into some details, and I don't know what deterred me from it, but something didn't pan out. Uh, but I actually looked into it once to, to do that. And uh, Japan, I think, has such a awesome culture. Like, I My favorite food is Japanese food. I love sushi. So to be able to go to Japan and visit and, and see how the culture is and actually experience real sushi and stuff like that, that would be really, really cool. And some real awesome ramen. Oh, and it's, uh, ramen. oh, man, beautiful. you're making me hungry. It was beautiful. I went in the summertime and I walked around for a couple of weeks just staying at a hostel. I took uh, a couple of years of Japanese before I went. 
and it was a uh, it was it was very enlightening interacting with the uh with the with the locale and your uh, and their and, and the native tongue, which is kind of nice. And we're, Even though it feels not that good. We're pretty liked over there too, right? Uh, depends what time of year you're going. Um, you don't want to go during you know any of the major bombings. You want to stay away from those cities, those areas. Um, some you know kids. If you if you speak the native language, they will say some you know slightly off color things. About foreigners, because mm. um, I, I I'm covered in Japanese tattoos. I got a, a half a bodysuit, so full back, chest, and arms are as a Japanese right. bodysuit I designed, which I found out later on that I, I got stopped by the police. I stopped by a policeman said he to wear a uh, a short sleeve shirt to cover my tattoos because they're very gang related there. Oh yeah, they thought maybe you'd be in the yakuza part of the yakuza. I'm like, I don't know if they have any black people in the Yakuza, but I won't want to find out the Harlow either. <laughs> also, you can drink beer on the train there, which is kind of nice. There's like, just, um, was that just how it was in 2004 or five? They had, um, vending machines on the, on the, on the platform of the Shinkansen. You just get an acai, just an acai super dry, and just take it on the train and just drink it. I was like, this is pretty baller. That's, That's awesome. pretty awesome. Yeah. So when I was in Sweden, uh, we went to a McDonald's and they served beer at McDonald's. And apparently, as long as you're 16 years of age or older, you're good to go. They don't really have like a age limit of 21 like we do here in the states. Yeah, I think it's better that way. You actually learn how to respect the alcohol. Yeah, no, I agree. So, was there anything that really stands out to you from? visiting Japan, anything that you think like you have to go back there for? Um, the temples, just the, the architecture is still like, is a lot of those buildings you see in movies are still standing and they're national parks. You can just you can walk through, um, which is like buildings from the, the, the 13 and 1400s. The castles are still like, you can walk inside them. They're, they're, they're so beautiful and amazing. Um, that, that was, I spent a major part of my time just temple walking, and you can find a temple around any corner. Like, I found a temple behind a, uh, a 7 Eleven once. It was a Kitsune uh, temple. Six, Wait, four foot. 7 Eleven? Yeah, it's behind a 7 Eleven. What? Oh, wow, that's so cool. So, growing up as a kid, we had a 7 Eleven pretty much like next to my house. And growing up, me and my friends, we would go to 7-Eleven to get a big gulp. And every day we would go there to, like, get these gigantic drinks. It was obnoxious. Oh, the big gulp. That's what we did during the summers. We got big gulps, and we got a bunch of munchies and snacks, and, and we just hung out. Good times. Mm. Good times. So, on that note... Gotta ask, will you be picking up any of the gaming-related things that are coming out this November, or maybe some of the things that came out already, like the graphics card? Oh, no, I'm not. I just need things to function. I only need to see them in whatever resolution. I just need things to work. I'm a very simple man, very simple. Like, I don't need the newest thing. I'll wait till it's on sale or when it's, you know, I, I, I'm a very basic, basic kind of person. 
So I'm, I still only have, like, to, to this very day, even though my business does extraordinarily well, I only own three pairs of shoes. Gym shoes, walking shoes, and yard shoes. That's pretty much it. So I only need, you know, whatever works. When it stops working is when I replace it. So when it, whenever the, the systems come back around, and I know they all work after having the first batch out, because I never buy the first batch of anything ever, um, that's when I'll get a new uh, Xbox or anything like that. So if I don't get it till July next year, I'll, I'll be fine. That's pretty smart because of the first batch always has like bugs and things. Working like in uh, electronics for a number of years and and uh, retail, yeah, I'm just I, I know. Mm-hmm. I just never never jump on the first the, the first uh the first ride of the first space station trip. I'm like, I'm- so that's interesting because like for me, I'm kind of spoiling myself with these new consoles. Um, but you know that's a really smart move to to wait until you know they flush out all the bugs. Now, when they do flush out the bugs, which console is most compelling to you to pick up between the Xbox and the PlayStation 5. I've had PlayStation 1 through 4 and I just don't feel like the, the experience is consistent enough for me. Uh, everyone loves their first party games and they have some amazing first party games but just just the uh, the download updates just ruined it for me. Like literally ruined it for me. I just I can't sift another update. Well the good news is these new consoles are going to have a lot better processors in it and ssds so they'll be able to download things like so much quicker now because they'll have just just better all around tech in them um yeah but your your choice is very wise about the xbox with series x you know because it's going to have you know game pass and now that they just picked up bethesda and they have like ea play games coming into game pass like it's such a great deal where Sony PS5 is charging $70 for their games. So yeah, that, that's gonna, that's gonna be tough. I think some gamers are going to make some uh, choices when it comes to that. You know, it's like people aren't going to want to pay $70. I, you know, for games. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. You know what? How I am. I, 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 take, I take that back. Because games have been the same price since, I think since Sega Genesis. I feel like they've always been fifty nine ninety nine, and that that math does not check out with the the quality of the game being put out. That's true, but the whole Game Pass thing is just so. Oh, that, that's that's what a that's what a save them a lot. You know, that's that is definitely a deal and a half. And you got Destiny on there too, Destiny two, yeah. Beyond Light. You're gonna be able to play Beyond Light day one when series x comes out now i'm curious does beyond light also come to game pass ultimate on pc or is it only for the xbox console this year next year they're working on bringing it to pc But you're going to get 4K 60 if you got a 4K TV that's capable of doing 60 frames, 60 hertz. Mm-hmm. That's going to be pretty cool. 
Yeah, that's a pretty strong value proposition. And, you know, the six, the $70 game thing, it's, it's really interesting because I think that developers do have the right to charge $70 for the games based on the increase in quality that you're getting. I also feel that, like, Sony first-party games, I'm not really as in a rush to buy the game when it first launches because I know that it's full price and the, the cost of the game games. just They're not plummets like... pretty quickly. You know, these are games yeah, that within games six that months are going to drop in price by a half. Like all the time. They're... Right. Um, I mean, and even and even if you think about like how Sony would, after a year, drop the price in half. So if you don't have to play the game when it's first out, I'm not as incentivized. And for me, there are certain games that I will pay full price for, whether it's seventy dollars or or whether it's three hundred dollars. Right, being Destiny, the perfect example. Right. Because with Destiny, I buy the collector's edition every time. Why? Because I want to support the developers. Like, I actually really just want to support them. But games like The Last of Us Part Two, for example, it looks like a great game, right? And, I mean, I think it's great supporting the developers, and I do want to buy the game to support them. But I don't feel like I have the time to play it right away because I'm already playing Destiny with the free time that I have to play a game. And if I buy that game at launch, by the time I get around to actually playing it, the game's going to be heavily discounted. So from that standpoint, I feel like Sony being the pioneer of saying, hey, $70 games are coming to everything that you're getting first party from us. I don't know if that was the right move because... I'm sure I'm not the only consumer who thinks that, you know, okay, games are worth $70, yeah, it, but it has to be a game that I'm going to play right away. Listen to this. I don't know if and you guys if heard not, about this. Then I'm going to wait for a sale. Spider-Man Miles Morales. You know, it's coming to PS4 as well, right? So if you get this Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is going to be like the new expansion for the Spider-Man game, and you get it for PS4, you get the free upgrade to PS5, which is nice. That's a nice touch. But if you just get, um, if you have the Spider-Man, the original PS4 Spider-Man, you don't get that upgrade to the PS5. You don't get the enhanced version of that. The only way you get the enhanced version is if you have to, you have to buy the PS5 copy of Miles Morales for $70 to get that enhancement. Which is kind of Bush League, if you ask me. It's the opposite of what Xbox is doing. Xbox is enhancing the games. I, I think that's I think that's a little confusing because I don't exactly. quite understand the only way what you they want that me enhancement to do to get for it. the first Spider-Man PS4 game is to buy the new PS5 version, Miles Morales. Eh. Drop the ball there. It's kind of it's Bush League. Like because it's like, what if you already own the game? You would expect to be able to pop it in and get those enhancements and things. Nope, not the case. I mean, you'll get the enhancements for the Miles Morales, but in order to get that Spider-Man, the enhancements for that, you have to buy the PS5 
digital deluxe version or whatever it is of Miles Morales, which comes with the Spider-Man PS4 upgrade, and it's $70. Yeah, I think that's kind of anti-consumer. Very, very anti-consumer. It's the opposite of what Xbox is doing, where they're, you know, you have the game, they're go- they're, there'll be enhancements for it. You're going to get that Series X. It's called Smart Delivery. You're going to get that best version of that game. If I were running a company, that's how I would do it. See, so I'm going to be completely honest, and I know that I'm going to get some hate from a bunch of PlayStation fanboys here, but hey, I have a PlayStation 4 Pro. I have a PSVR. I'm getting a PlayStation 5, so I'm allowed to voice my opinion. But I think that Sony is very far behind where Xbox is right now. From a technological standpoint, going into the future, I'm very concerned for Sony. One, because they don't have a very solid cloud infrastructure. They're going to be relying on Xbox. So some of the money that they're going to be making is going to Sony or is going to Xbox for the cloud. In addition to that, their pricing structure to me is really concerning because Xbox is saying here, give us 15 bucks a month and we'll give you everything. Give us 25 bucks a month and we'll throw in an Xbox Series S. You know, throw in 35 bucks a month and you'll have the brand new Xbox Series X. And that's a really compelling offer to have access to so much for $35 a month. You'll, you're getting a brand new console yeah, and, and you're getting uh, yeah. access to Game Pass. It's a, that's, a great, that's a great deal. So even if you don't have 500 bucks to spend on a console, the Xbox is, is being made available to everybody. Right. And not only that, but I think their platform, their their software is much more sophisticated than what Sony has right now. And Xbox buying out all of these companies like Bethesda. And it's it's trouble for Sony because The Last of Us isn't going to hold them over into the future. Right. The Uncharted series isn't going to hold them into the future. I doubt that. You know, the, some of the more recent games like um, Horizon Zero Dawn. And Forbidden you know, These games game aren't really Coming to PS4, too. It's cross-gen. Really moved the so, needle for them. I mean, it's... Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, where the Sony platform goes into the next generation, the generation after this. Will it even exist? Will there even be a thing? You know, is Sony something that could potentially get bought out by another company. They're doing the exact opposite that Xbox is doing and it's not helping them out. I want all the, um, you know, all the companies to succeed. You know, I want Nintendo to succeed. I want Microsoft to succeed. I want PlayStation to succeed. Cause if you have strong competition in all those uh, areas, we get better games and we get better services. Mm -hmm. It's the less to monopolize. It was kind of a shame to see Mixer go. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It was. Yeah. Because now we got mid roll ads. Or we had mid roll ads. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotta stay competitive out there. And this is why competition is so, so important. 
to stay competitive, to have many different platforms available for you to pick from. Because if you don't, if you take that choice away, what ends up happening is companies have control and we don't, don't get the best product, right? It's a real thing. So, Youngcon, on that note, what what's mm-hmm. next for you? Next. Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, since this year has been so hectic, I've, I've uh, you know, just in general, I have literally just been basically paying off debt, and I picked up my left credit card two days ago, trying to become debt-free completely, uh, looking uh, to uh, expand my clothing line out um, a bit. Um, I want to play less games and do more uh, educational classes. I, if anybody didn't know, I, I, I wrote and uh, produced a emote course. Uh, oh, really? Almost 200 students in it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that class is Emo Design 101. That's so cool. I had no idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we've got huh, okay. 180, 185 students since the beginning of this year. Uh, I'm going to be writing uh, Emo Design 102 here pretty soon for the fall. But um, that'll be the next big thing for me. So I'm going to do more passive income kind of stuff and focus more on my brand, my own, uh, my own personal like lifestyle brand of Conquer. Um, and uh, play uh, more games. I want to play more games. So I got a game PC. So work less, play more if I can, if possible. Work less, play more. Be more efficient so you can have more time to play. Yeah, I like it. Love it. Also, give away more stuff to people. I've been, we've been giving away a lot of stuff lately. <laughs> we've given away fifteen or sixteen uh, screen tablets to people in uh, in my community, just to help uh, during the, you know during these hard times and just help spread that love and get people like more and more involved in creation. So, if I can do that to another degree with my success, I definitely will. Yeah, you know, it's so awesome that you mentioned you mentioned two things that I've been thinking about a lot myself. First one, passive income. And I have the best job in the world right now and I love my job. But the one thing that I would love to build is is a passive income. And I was very much inspired by someone who's like who's been crushing it when it comes to passive income and he's like a New York Times best-selling author. Really inspiring, dude. Mm-hmm. And so he inspired me to start something of my own and to start a new podcast where I get to interview content creators, you know, entrepreneurs, CEOs, thought leaders. And also I thought of creating a challenge and a course for content creators to help them be successful, whether it be building a website doing search engine optimization or how to do email marketing or how to start their channel stuff like that that i think could be more out there um so it's really awesome that you mentioned that because i've been thinking about these things myself also a lot more recently 
So who's the, who's the who's the who's the author? You didn't tell me who it was. Oh yeah, so I didn't tell you who the author is. So it's <laughs> Pat Flynn, Pat Flynn, and he's he's an amazing best-selling author. Uh, you can find him at smartpassiveincome.com. He's been crushing it since like 2009, and he's one of the most inspiring dudes. And I've been watching his uh, YouTube show called The Income Stream, and I've learned so much from him. In fact. We would not be podcasting here if it wasn't for the stuff that I learned from Pat. You know, uh, he also teaches how to like launch a podcast, how to do affiliate marketing, a lot of different things like that. And he's also an advisor for uh, Teachable and a bunch of different companies. So he's been doing really great. He's been crushing it. And I've learned so much from him along the way. And he's been inspiring me pretty much for two years now like and, and he's an amazing individual definitely check him out he has two websites one is smartpassiveincome.com the other is patflynn.com p-a-t-f-l-y-n-n.com okay i got i got kicked in the butt by uh by gary v's uh book crushing it so I was wondering where you got your, uh, your inspiration from for some of this. Okay, well, I, I know Gary Vee, and, you know, I've been, I've been reading a lot of books. I've also been listening to a lot of podcasts that really helped me in order to think a little bit differently and to think, you know, beyond just playing video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, one mm-hmm. podcast is the Tim Ferriss show. Tim Ferriss, really inspiring dude. I actually met him at a conference many, many years ago in California uh, before he actually started his podcast. And from there, I I think that was like right around the time when his first book was coming out, uh, The 4-Hour Workweek. Amazing book. Definitely uh, recommend checking it out. Uh, The other podcast I've been listening to is called uh, The School of Greatness with Lewis Howes, and he interviews a lot of different inspiring individuals and uh that was very very motivating to me and also pat flynn pat flynn has a podcast called the smart passive income podcast nice, and, uh, nice. That's, that's been that's been really great so as you can tell i have a lot of resources that i've been following and a lot of books that i still have to read so uh it's going to it's going to be a little busy in the next couple months especially trying to get all of my destiny things done the day job planning all the things that I'm working on for January and everything else it's it's a lot but you know it's really worth it because like I don't have a lot of time to play video games right now but I feel like I'm more productive now than I've ever been in my entire life which is so so cool Oh I hear that I definitely hear that so, Guardians, on that note, I think we have some really exciting things to talk about in the world of Destiny. And we have Europa that was revealed. We got a brand new trailer that came out around the same time that Xbox made their big announcement earlier this week. Right, Shadow Price? Yeah. And we got some really interesting things. And Shadow Price called me as soon as he saw the video. He was like on the phone with me. He's like, hey, guess who's back in Destiny? And I'm like, 
Is it the spider? Because it sounds like the spider. <laughs> I, f I forgot who it was. I'm sorry. It was Varix. Okay, Varix is back. And as I'm rewatching that video, all I could think is like, under the ice. Yes. But he didn't say the yes. <laughs> but uh, hopefully he says yes once we play the game, because, you know, it's going to take us back to the, uh, the second expansion and the Prison of Elders. Yes. Oh, man, that voice is haunting. Every time you say remember Scolas, I'm just like, oh, Psylocke the Defile, thirst for your light. I'm like, oh my god, I can just hear it. I can hear it now. It's like it's like yesterday. Yeah, they had the volume cranked to eleven when they did yeah. that. It hits you. It hits you hard. Yeah. I still love going back to that strike where you hear Varix. What is that strike called? Uh, Warden of Nothing. Warden of Nothing, thank you. Oh, man. It makes me want to play The Prison of Elders again. Like, I want them to bring it back because, not going to lie, I think we very largely underestimated what The Prison of Elders was. And I think it all happened just because we didn't get a raid. So we thought less of that experience. But I think it was actually a really awesome, awesome mode that was made in the game. No, those mines. Oh, my God, those mines. Mm -hmm. It's Manta Mines, yes. That encounter or, was so infuriating. Like, I'm trying to get to the mines. I'm trying to get to the mines. I'm on the mine. And they just kept going. Like, oh, that's it. We're dead. It's a wipe. Just wiping on mines. The ads <laughs> were like, okay, but the mines are just like, a stationary object would just kill you every single time. Then you would have to hear from Barrett, you disappoint. Oh, man, yeah. I didn't be scolas to like the uh, I think a few about a month before that that uh that content was going away or something. So, so scolas, oh man, scolas was so bad. That was a good so fight. I remember the first time we went into scolas, we were in there for like seven hours. You know what the worst part about it was? After seven hours, we gave up. We couldn't beat it. Like it was so brutally rough with how you have to like pass around the, the freaking whatever the thing was uh, you taint. have to pass around taint and then everything else and like the ads man like the boss was pretty beefy and the boss did a shit ton of damage but those freaking ads man they were everywhere you couldn't hide you couldn't go anywhere Arcburn weeks forget about it when it was Arcburn like because every freaking fallen had arc yeah that was basically no man's land. Yeah. Passing around the taint. Oh, man. Out of contact. That sounds so bad. <laughs> Good times. Good, Good times. times. Only in the <laughs> Destiny community. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. So we saw some pretty cool things in the trailer for Europa. We got to see new glacial environments. We got to see a pillar forming out of dark matter, what it it looks like to me, which kind of looks like a like a new social activity where you get to do like it's kind of like a public event, but the source looks like darkness. So we're gonna be fighting some dark enemies in this activity from what I gather. 
Did you see the uh, the bots who flood from uh, Scourge? Uh, yes. I'm not sure what those are, but I am very interested. Mini Insurrection Primes. <laughs> yeah. They've, also, yeah, they're like, they're like, they're like yeah, yeah, little insurrection, insurrection primes. Yeah, that looks really cool. And I think that would be a really interesting way for them to reintroduce enemies back into the game from like even raids. Because I mean, think about it if they bring a, a mini insurrection prime into a strike, for example, I think that would make for a fun experience. And uh, for the nightmare hunts, yeah. Um, you know, Crota School Lost Combat? I can't remember now. Now, one thing about Nightmare Haunts that I just didn't like, and the rewards, you know, it's like the activity itself was kind of cool, but it's like the drops at the end felt very lackluster to a point where it's like, if you want me to do master Nightmare Hunts, I better get something really, really good for my reward and you can't make it just like higher power level because Bungie kind of set the precedence that power level doesn't really matter as much anymore right so like yes you can get stuff with higher power level but it's like is it worth going through all that just to get that little plus one or plus two bump Mm -hmm. maybe on a piece that I need right that's kind of my problem with it right now like I wish we had something to chase, like what we had when we fought Omnigal. You know, where we have the grasp of Malik, we have something really cool, really special for us to chase after. And I really hope with Beyond Light, we get that. And that's one thing that, like, we really need because I think the destinations look really cool. I think the activities so far have a lot of potential. But I think the one area where Bungie has been kind of dropping the ball time and time again, the rewards. The rewards don't feel as special. The Destiny 2 rewards do not feel as special as Destiny 1 did. And I feel like ever since Vanilla Destiny, it, it's been going kind of downhill from there. Like, the second expansion had some pretty nice weapons. Like, we had Hunger of Crota. You know, we had Smite of Moraine, a bunch of stuff from the raid. But I don't know, something happened after that where it started kind of going downhill. I could agree with that. I could definitely agree with that. Destinations! And finally, we get to see Europa. We know what it looks like. We have an idea of how large the destination is. And we got an entire map of it, which we're going to talk about in just a little bit. But there's something really interesting that I noticed in the trailer. We have goblins in that trailer, a lot of goblins. And then there were a few of these new harpy looking enemies. Did you guys notice that? They have like big legs, like they have like a body now or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see because I, I think that at least for the last couple of years, the enemy variation was kind of limiting. I mean, even like in Rise of Iron, like they had, you know, fallen splicers. I mean, the only thing that looked different was their legs were chopped off and you put like 
peg sticks leg. on their legs. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, that's... Oh, the that's peg leg drags. You know... I, I kind of miss the SIVA, though, still, you know? Like... I just wish they were designed differently. I don't know, something about them just reminded me, like, Spaceballs... The Spaceballs outfits that were just kind of had a red on them. I was like, this looks so much like Spaceballs. I'm not <laughs> sure what it is, like the shiny, like, black with the gray undertones. <laughs> Spaceballs. That might just be me, though. I'm a I'm a weird bird when it comes to stuff like that. Just the the certain color palettes just trigger certain imagery for me. When it comes to colors, I'm so bad because I'm colorblind, so like I have to cross check myself every time that I'm like doing anything with graphics. I've been dabbling with graphics design just a little bit, like you know, doing doing the podcast. Um, I've been trying to make our branding look a little bit better. Uh baby steps we're getting there but the one thing i always have to check is my like color to make sure i have all the colors right and i have to go in check the code make sure that's right and then put in the software and boom me too i i don't see uh the difference between uh reds and browns uh i I like a colored dullness problem so a lot of things i don't see correctly yeah Oh, that's so interesting. And you're a graphics designer, see, so you can do it. What? I just that's know where the color goes at. So a lot of things I think look a certain way don't like the way I interpret color is different from most people's interpretation of color. I have a very like uh like I'll I'll put on a pair of pants like, how oh, these look? I'm like, they look okay, but that's not the color you said they were. I'm like, they're not? I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, oh well, you know, they they feel right, like right, like the right color. So some some things just look a lot um I just don't see some what people call vibrance. I don't get the same uh, interpretation for what I see in my, with my eyes. It's kind of it's kind of odd. That's really interesting. Yeah, no, I can I can very much relate. And I actually learned about my like colorblind deficiency when I took a test to determine what I'm really good at. And part of that test was like it's like an aptitude test. But then there were like a bunch of pictures that I had to look at and they all had like little dots with different color markings. And I had to pretty much tell what was within the big circle. Uh, and that's how I, f- I found out about my colorblind deficiency. But it doesn't really affect me. Like I can still see colors. It's just certain shades of colors. Same. They look it's, pretty I, similar. Yeah. Well, so that's pretty cool. They give me tone. They give me the uh, hex codes for sure. Like, yeah, I I rely on on like, codes myself very heavily, so I can relate to that. And speaking of codes and speaking of colors, we have red siva like structures in the distance that we see, along with a dark cave that looks like the entrance to something sinister and dark. I would imagine we're going into the under the ice, as they call it. Yeah, it seems like there's a, a whole world underneath Europa, too. So Europa like, kind of reminds me of Venus in a lot of ways. Yeah, Venus is but my favorite location from D1. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Not much going on there when you're playing D1, though. Kind of odd. Yeah, I found I found something interesting on the subject of uh, Venus. And I don't know if you both noticed this, but like 
they're bringing back the Cosmodrome, and they're bringing back the Vault of Glass. The Vault of Glass is on Venus, not on the Cosmodrome. So does that make sense? Like, wouldn't it make more sense for them to bring Venus back before they bring the Cosmodrome back? Well, the uh, only it really matters because it's Vex technology and it's all leading someplace else. Yeah, they use portals. So, yeah, so we can put it anywhere. This yeah. is like the hive; you can be anywhere because they use, you know, they they jump through portals. Another party would be hard to do is with the um, with the cabal or you know everything else is just like, oh, we can, we can jump through time, or we can jump through time and space. We can go to the you know the, the nether realm or stuff like that. So it could be anywhere. It, it could be a gate anywhere. It's like Stargate. That's the entire like premise behind the Vex. They have Stargates that can go anywhere, space and time. <laughs> yeah. It would be nice to go back to Venus, but I mean, yeah, they could be anywhere. Yeah, definitely. And another thing that we saw during the reveal, it looked like a ton of enemies, a ton of goblins in this wave-based activity, from what I can gather. I wonder if it's going to be a true wave-based activity. We've never really gotten one. We've been asking for one for forever, forever, ever. ever. Yeah, we we want something akin to like firefight in Halo, um, Halo Reach. And Halo. Oh yeah, we we've, we've talked about them bringing back firefights, and we'll see what happens. I I hope they do. I really hope they do. Um. I'm thinking this might be more like a menagerie-style activity. Probably. You know, something that, like, I mean, it's going to be waves of enemies, but there's going to be a certain number of waves. Um, And that's what I think they're going to be introducing, because if you think about it, they're changing things up a little bit with Beyond Light in terms of how they treat seasons and everything else it looks to me like in terms of the seasonal content they're going to really put focus on bringing back old destinations and like updating things in the destiny content vault whereas once a year they're going to give us you know a new raid some new end game activity that we can continue to replay and i think that's what they're going to be bringing us this november with beyond light i think we're gonna probably get like a end game type horde mode activity or like where we have certain number of waves and then we're also going to get a new raid and hopefully a decent sized story and and that kind of makes me wonder do you both think we're going to get a good story a good sized storyline this coming november with a new subclass, I, I would hope so. With all this talk of light and dark, um, and the, the stranger coming back. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it's more substantial than what was in Shadowkeep. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think for me, you know, Shadowkeep, it was okay. Like, it, it didn't live up to the expectations. I think Forsaken set a pretty high standard and pretty hard, you know, high bar for what they did there. And I I don't think that they really met that mark with 
anything that we got this past year. No, this was them just trying to get to Beyond Light. <laughs> this was them trying to just give us content, but not knowing if it was going to be like, they're just like, give them content. You know, we don't think it's, you know, it might not be good, but just we keep giving them content enough, you know, then they had to delay Beyond Light um, due to real world circumstances and whatnot. So I think I think we're going to get some good stuff in Beyond Light. I hope so. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think they're they're going to give us something pretty awesome to play with Beyond Light. I think that it's going to be a more substantial expansion than what we got with Shadowkeep. I think Shadowkeep was kind of that in-between phase where they were just, you know, splitting up with Activision and breaking up. And finally, that was the first piece of content they were bringing out on their own. And I'm sure at that same time, they were working on the next thing, you know. And it's going to be interesting to see what we get to play this fall, especially with the delay that we got. You know, I'm sure they're going to really have more time to flush out the content to make this expansion a really good one. And my personal thought is that they need a really good expansion this fall. They can't afford to have a okay expansion this fall. They have to bring it because I think that there's too much competition, but also there's a lot of uncertainty among the Destiny community. So if they don't get it right, I think they're going to lose a lot of faith with a lot of players. And I think they're going to have to really make this one of the best expansions that we got in D2. And I think they have the potential to do it. I'm more excited for this place than any place I've gone so far in D2. So, I yeah. mean, there's that. And I think the changes that they're making that I think we're going to get into here pretty soon, I'm also excited for. So before we talk about these changes, I do want to quickly go over a few more things. We have the Deepstone Crypt that's coming back. What exactly is the Deepstone Crypt? It's the uh, location where the Exos were created. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be the site, the uh, location of the new raid, in the Deepstone Crypt. That sounds exciting. And do we know who our enemy race will be? Are we going to be fighting Vex? That's what they hadn't really told us. We don't completely know. Which is kind of cool, actually. It, it looks like Vex from, from the trailer that, you know, there's a lot of goblins. There's Vex, Vex. Darkness Fallen because of the yeah. Darkness, um, who's uh, the head of the that House of Darkness, I believe. They, Aramis got a hold of a, a darkness shard and is now, like, you know, wielding the darkness. So. Yeah, that's really interesting. And we also, with the trailer that we got, we get to see the new map for Europa. And we have five new destinations where we will be visiting. We have the Eventide Ruins, and the description for that 
is as follows. Once home to thousands of settlers, and now all that remains of Clovis Bray's colony. Interesting. So this kind of sounds to me like a, a place that is very kind of dragged down, ruined, and it's what remains, right? So that has to be a place with not much left. It's going to be kind of a beaten down environment. And yeah. we have, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm kind of excited because they haven't really shown us as much as they are used to in this new expansion. I think they kind of are holding their hand a lot tighter, which I am, I'm waiting, I'm waiting to be pleasantly surprised by this. I think they've shown us too much too often and we pay for it because there's no excitement attached. Yeah, like, you know, getting half the campaign during beta. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. I love you, Bungie. So, but I think it's going to be exciting going into Europa, getting to experience the Cosmodrome again, going back to the Vault of Glass. These are all really exciting, exciting things. Um, and we do have a few more new locations that I do want to mention before we move on to the next thing. And the next location we have here is the Asterion Abyss. The Vex structures visible on the surface are only the tip of the iceberg. Hmm. So it's going to be a location with a lot of Vex structures. And because what's visible is only the tip of the iceberg, that would leave me to believe that there's something down below. Yeah, abyss. Well, so perhaps we'll be fighting some enemies like the darkness. That would make sense. And then the next location we have is the Cadmus Ridge, a snowy landscape in the last known location of the buried Bray Exoscience facility. Hmm. Last known location of the buried Bray Exoscience facility. So maybe that's where the raid's going to take place around there. I hope no one compares this too much to the, uh, the Mars DLC. I hope. I, I feel like it's going to be a lot different from it. Well, it's Bray, it's ice. It's <laughs> we a, lot get of those, a lot of those strikes were very like, similar in the, the way they're presented. We get full-fledged snowstorms now, though. We're going to be, like, we're going to be getting weather, dynamic weather. And that's... Oh, man, whiteouts. And I'm super excited about that because I am a weather person. Um, I don't know if you all know this, but kind of ha studied weather in school. No. I have a degree in meteorology. Um, so this really excites me. The fact that we're going to have dynamic weather in the game. Um, we, we got that little, we got that blog yesterday from Bungie about storm systems and just how it's going to change in the weather, how it's going to just, you know, it's going to go from clear to like snowy and blizzard. And that's really, really cool. 
And it's actually going to impact your gameplay and what we're doing in the game. It's it's going to have an effect on your character, which is really cool. Yeah. And it's interesting to see, for me at least, how they allow for whether to operate, whether you're playing on PS4 or PS5 or Xbox One or Xbox Series X. Like, will weather exist if you're playing on last-gen consoles? I don't know. I think it just won't be as crisp. Like, Remember Destiny on 360? It was kind of oh, like a very, very pale-down experience, so possibly. Yeah. A little janky. And, you know, I got to... This isn't something that we really talked about, but I'm really curious about this. At what point will last gen no longer be supported or be sustainable enough to support because we know that during rise of iron that was like the first expansion where bungie said look we're not going to support the 360 and the ps3 starting Uh, with this expansion you have to have the new generation so when is this going to happen with destiny 2 i think lightfall i think they'll get beyond light I think they'll get the Witch Queen, but Lightfall, that's where the cutoff is. I think it'll be longer than that with the uh, just the way COVID has uh, affected the economy. I think there's going to be support for quite some time. Mm. That's my I prediction. Think about that. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there playing those older, those older uh, gen consoles that just, they can't. Yeah, there's a huge player base on those consoles right now. Like, what, is there over 110 million PS4 owners? I mean, there's and there's 50 million plus on Xbox Ones. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think these decisions will be driven by, by the number of consoles that are available. I think these are all, you know, important factors that Bungie will have to take into account when they make these types of decisions. Overall, I think that it's probably going to get to a point where they can't really... It's not feasible for them to continue to support last-gen consoles. I don't know if COVID will be the thing that prevents them from taking that step. Or, or hinders them. And here's why I say that, because while, you know, you do have a player base who's going to be on Xbox One and PS4, I think a lot of players, especially those that play Destiny as more than just a casual game, I think they're probably going to jump ship to the next gen, whatever hardware is out. The other thing to really consider is that, yes, you know, we have next-gen consoles for $500, but we have much cheaper options now, right? For $300, you can get an Xbox Series S, which still is pretty powerful, which can still really offer that experience. In addition to that, we're getting an entry-level PlayStation 5, another big benefit. And then on top of that, I think Game Pass will really drive sales for the next-gen console, and it's going to create a very compelling offer to upgrade, especially with that financing program they have for like 35 25 bucks a month. 
you can get a next-gen console. And once these next-gen consoles are replenished and once they're more widely available, I think more people are going to jump ship on them. Because if anything, I think COVID will drive more sales for these next-gen consoles, not less. Because we're not going to the bars to drink, right? We're not spending money on gym memberships. We're not spending money going out and doing the things that we did before. So the disposable income that you have will be put on other things like video games. And we saw that with the Nintendo Switch selling the way it did and Animal Crossing selling the way it did. Agreed. Agreed. Especially if we get that second wave, unfortunately, with the winter months coming. But yeah, closed spaces, yeah. But hopefully they are getting closer to a vaccine, though, too. So, you know. Yeah, definitely. So but many factors. It's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out. And the other really cool consideration is the fact that cross-play across different platforms is going to become a real thing at some point. We're not there yet. It's not happening yet, but we're going to get there. And that will have an impact on our decisions on and where we buy games, how we play games. And it's also going to create some challenges because if I have an Xbox one, you have an Xbox series S guess what? I'm playing in 30 frames. You're playing in 60 us playing together is going to become a bit of a challenge, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we're going into a new generation where I think the technology is evolving so rapidly that I think the adoption rate is going to be much quicker than what we saw before with these consoles. Um, it's, it's a matter of time, you know, it's, it's a matter of time. And I think that the destiny community overall, we're probably going to jump ship. I mean, you know, I'm getting a PS five and an Xbox series X, even though, I mean, I don't really plan on playing on those platforms too frequently because I'm a PC gamer at this point. Uh, but it's exciting. I'm I'm excited. And it's going to be really cool to be able to play with your friends who are on Xbox, even though I'm on PC, right? That's going to be really nice. It's the future. It is. It is the future. Yeah, to be more inclusive, you know, so. Yeah. And just quickly to wrap up with the last two destinations that we're going to visit. On Europa, we have the Cherions Crossing, the site of Europa's communication center, and the origin of the distress signals sent by Varix. So I bet we're going to probably have at least a few heroic adventures or campaign missions in this destination. So that's going to be really cool. And I think these names also give us little hints at what we're going to be playing and what the theme is going to be in all of these different locations. And then finally, we have the beyond an old friend awaits in the clearing that overlooks the conflict between the light and dark. That's kind of exciting to me. And I think beyond is where we're going to be entering the new raid i think that's where the conflict will begin and there's going to be some kind of a massive battle between the light and darkness and i'm, I'm excited about that 
Yeah, it's where we're going to meet up with the Exo Stranger when we first enter. Onto I've been waiting for that ground and brick for four years now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Beneath us, the ground will break. I was like, yes! What? Yeah. That storyline's dead? <laughs> See, they're always teasing stuff. They're always, they're always laying the breadcrumbs. And I want to bring this up now since we just got over that map discussion. If you guys didn't so happen to uh, purchase the Taken King Collector's Edition from D1, um, I know me and my, myself and Cornholio both purchased it. And inside that Collector's Edition is a book, is Cade's journal. It's his journal. And in that journal, there's a map that looks pretty similar to this map that we see here now of Europa. And the reason why I am pretty much know that it's almost the same thing and it's describing it, I want to read this quick passage really quick. And, you know, this is what Cade wrote, and it says, Saturn, no, someplace else, someplace colder. This moon has been almost completely converted, a sarcophagus of ice and iron. Stone towers rung round with glaciers, rooted deep within a heart of snow. I came here flesh and bone, gave everything to the ice, started over, rebooted. If I if that doesn't sound like this place, Europa, then I don't know what does. <laughs> I think you're right. Gotta be. From five years ago. So you know, this really brings back the point that I mentioned earlier. I yeah. think the storyline isn't going to resolve itself or anything close to it with beyond light i think if anything it's gonna set the stage for something else something bigger right and especially now that we have a roadmap for the next three expansions we have a grand plan there's a master plan here so certain things are going to get resolved but like for example do you think prince aldrin is coming back in beyond light i don't think so yeah he is yeah. There's uh, there's oh. teasers. there's things out there that teasing since for the uh, the public events for uh, for this for this uh, content drop. Yeah, there's things that are pointing to him returning. I mean, Varix is returning, you know. So I mean, it's um, I don't know in what like capacity he is, but obviously he's going to he's sending the distress signal, you know. So and he was featured in the trailer. So, is it possible that Prince Aldrin will return as the Hunter Vanguard? That I'm not so sure about. A lot of people think he's going to be the Cosmodrome vendor. Mm. It, it makes sense. Interesting. I mean, we talked about this before. If you guys remember the uh, 2013 E3 trailer. Yeah, he was in the. He was in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. And Europa's been a destination in Destiny since Destiny 1. There was concept art of Europa. And I just read that passage in Cade's journal, you know, talking about Europa, basically. That he gave everything to the ice, a place of, you know, ice and iron, and he came flesh and bone. He was flesh, he came there flesh and bone. So he was a human at one point and then became an exo. So... Now that doesn't like 
point to Aldrin returning per se, but you know, I could see it happening as something, you know, to do with uh, side stories, adventures on Cosmodrome. Definitely. So, you know, I mean, it's, we don't know, like the Cosmodrome, when it comes back, you know, into Beyond Light, we're not going to get the fully fleshed out D1 version of it until they said uh, season 14 or season, or wait, season 13. We're going into season 12. That's right. Sometime. What what season, what season are we going into with Beyond Light? 12, season 12. Okay. So it it sounds to me like it's going to take them about a year to really flush out the entire environment to bring it back. Uh, and it, it sounds like that's going to be what seasons will consist of building, building environments from D one, which I mean, I'm, I'm kind of excited about that because for me, I always wanted to experience destiny one again on PC, you know, being able to play through the Cosmodrome and play through all of these experiences in high frames. That would be so cool. And I'm curious about something because we did not talk about this and most people have not even considered this. But Xbox Series X is coming out, right? We Mm -hmm. know that Destiny 1 is a real thing. It it still exists on Xbox. You can go and play it on your Xbox One. I'm curious, is Destiny 1 going to be optimized in any way to run better on the Xbox Series X. I thought about that. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it because that's taken away assets from D2. That's taken away work and things, and they're already bringing things from D1 into D2, you know? So as much as I would love that, I don't think they're going to do it. I think you might get a, a vanilla Destiny experience in our current state of Destiny before you would see that. Yeah. So like no DLC. Uh I I'm pretty sure you could like get the the uh the base Destiny experience into this game without it being uh, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. They want you to be in D2. They want you to try out the new stuff. They want you to be in, you know, those playlists and in that world. Because of all the work they're did, that they're doing, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, and uh, I think that you know there are a lot of opportunities. Um, I'm kind of hoping that they make Destiny One run better, but yeah, you're probably right. Um, but at the very least, I think there's going to be some kind of upscaling just from playing the game on Xbox Series X. I'm sure just probably faster load times pretty much faster load times probably i think the frames are still going to be you know 30 frames but it's going to be locked at 30 or maybe we'll be able to play in 4k 30 right i mean maybe that could be possible because i think natively the hardware will be able to upscale to 4k but they have to do that assets though if they don't do that work 
then it's not- I don't know if they do. I don't know because I think the the hardware itself can literally take something that's not 4K and upscale it to 4K without actually touching the graphical assets. I don't know, but then it would have to say smart delivery on it. Like the things that say yeah. smart delivery have been touched up and they'll enhanced for those. Yeah, uh, you're probably games. right. Yeah. So I, I got to ask, now that we know what we're going to be playing on Europa this coming fall with Beyond Light, what do you both, what do you both think about Europa so far from what we've seen? Like I said, it's my most ex- uh, it's the best location. It's uh, I'm most excited for this location than any so far that's been in D2 because it's been teased since D1. We've known about this location since D1. Um it was in the concept art. We didn't really know it was the birthplace of the Exos until <laughs> that trailer or until like Bungie told us back in June. And I'm even more like interested in it now. And it just, I love snowy locations and it just, this has a different feel to it. Like it, something about it just, it feels so much more evolved, I guess. Of any other location we've gotten so far, just from looking at that trailer. I'm still temper my expectations, so I, I I'm excited, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my my excitement to a five until until I get it in my hands, touch it, taste it, feel it. That, that's that's when I'll I'll let my my uh, excitement go go wild. Yeah, because it's like we're gonna be like in an exo factory. Like you can see, like the mechanical arms moving things around, and you know, it's pretty. That's pretty cool. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm so excited. Let me put it this way. I think I'm more excited about this expansion than I have ever been about anything in Destiny. And I'm a little biased because some really exciting things are going to be happening in November around the time of when that launches, which is really exciting. I mean, some of these things being that, you know, the next gen consoles are coming out, right? And literally on the day that the new content launches, I'm going to have brand new consoles to play with, and I'm going to have the Destiny Collector's Edition and other things that are happening, and, you know, we have the podcast. So I'm really excited. And the idea of going back to the Vault of Glass, that's my favorite raid, right? I'm very excited about that. Like, to me, I'm completely invested and I think it's going to be unlike any other time in Destiny. And I think we're going to be very pleasantly surprised by this one. Yeah, I feel like they've given us the thing to, things to be excited about, but without telling us everything. You know, so they're building, they're starting to build the hype. And yes, I'm falling victim. Because I saw that trailer and I got excited and, and then they showed the weather stuff like in that blog yesterday. And that excites me too, because they're doing changes. Like we're I'm gonna talk about this in the TWAB, but they're they're definitely making changes to the engine 
because I don't think the engine, the old engine, the way it was, was would be able to handle these weather systems and things like that. Yeah, that's interesting. And before we dive into some of these technical things that were mentioned in the TWAB, I am curious about the art style in Beyond Light. And, and we're getting a little bit of a idea of what we're going to be doing and what the art style will be. So I'm curious, how do you feel the art style is being evolved with Beyond Light? Um, I can every DLC and um, expansion to a movie or a uh, TV series, and this one feels like um, Terminator Salvation almost. Kind of like just a plant with body parts flying around, except with his eyes. Like every expansion to me has felt kind of like a piece of meat, popular uh, piece of pop culture. Mm. Remember the what was it, the Rise of Iron? All the armor in that was very Vikings. Um, oh yeah. yeah, all the stuff for Trials of Osiris was very Stargate. Um, everything has a piece of pop culture attached to it. So you say this is Terminator Salvation? Mm-hmm. I never seen that one. It's one in the future. Oh, okay. I can definitely like, see that. The, 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 the was it the dark below was very uh, aliens or alien aliens. Mm-hmm. They're in the walls. They're in the walls. It's very dark. There's things running around in the dark. You can't really see. Your meter's going off like crazy when you're running around. Right. Same kind of experience. I just I like the way I like these still images just that I'm looking at on the weather blog that they talked about. I just I like the lighting. I like how things are lit. It's I don't know, it's very attractive. It's very much more attractive that than the locations right now, I feel like. Yeah, the way things are lit are super important to our style. Yeah. Um like there is a major light, like light shift when you play um, the dark below, as opposed to playing a similar hive ray, which would be King's Fall. There's two like very different feelings attached to them. Like one's kind of ambient lighting, one's just straight up dark. You can't even see what's going on. That's kind. Of, that's kind of fun. The thing that excites me is once we tap into these new consoles, and they do have ray tracing capabilities. What is ray tracing going to look like in Destiny? Good question. You know, that that's also an exciting proposition to think about. Just uh, even on the, you know, the new graphics cards too. Like, because I don't think Destiny has really, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. Has it had race racing yet in it? Destiny 2? I don't know. I'd be really interested to see that. Uh, um, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The weirdest thing just happened. So Rocky, like, he went ham. I have a little dog, and, and he gets excited if somebody knocks on the door. And I'm not expecting visitors. It's like 930 at night. I never get visitors when I'm podcasting. So apparently it was the UPS guy. 
at wow. 9 30 at night right wow so i apparently i got something delivered and he was picking up an item that i was returning but it was kind of weird that it happened at this time because i've never had deliveries at this time before so kind of weird so anyhow i digress so the last thing i'm curious about on the topic of europa what are you most excited about from what we saw this week uh, beeps on crypt just finding out more about the exos and why is there an exo hooked to the back of a vex there's some splicing going on there yeah and one thing that i really noticed about from the trailer that i wanted to mention there were enemies where you couldn't really see them until you zoomed in with a specific weapon. I think that's really interesting. That'll add a very interesting element when we play the new activity. The imagine if they do that. Imagine if they do that in the raid where like you need a specific type of weapon to even see the enemies that are in front of you. That'll be pretty interesting. That yeah, that'll bring visibility is going to be about zero once the weather really kicks up. You won't be able to see the enemies unless you use that weapon and scope in. Uh, we've had a gun like that before, haven't we? Where you can only you see outlines uh, if they're right in front of you. Yeah, there's weapons that have the enemy highlighting sights. Yeah. Um, but we've never had weather like this in in Destiny before. Not not to this extent. Um, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see that you know just play out i hope there's an exotic for it i'm i'm kind of curious how this weather plays out on the old gen consoles because i mean it, especially starting out when the when the game launches actually i don't think it's going to be that bad it's just going to be 30 frames it's not going to look yeah. pretty that's, that's yeah. the it's just it's going to be so buttery smooth, like on the new consoles and a PC. If, if you're thinking about 360, then it would be jarring to play, but playing 30 frames a second is fine. I mean, playing the snow and just you know, procedurally generated snow on Xbox One games is fine. Metro was fine. I mean, it, it, I think if, you, if you're thinking about it in 60 frames in 4K, then, well, the Xbox One can't do that, but in, within its confines, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, if you're used to playing on that, then it's not going to be too much more jarring. But when you play on PC as much as we do, um, we're used to seeing high frame rates because we have 144 hertz monitors. So, I mean, it's... We, we, we I think I have one of those. I don't, I'm not sure what I bought. Yeah. The chat, the chat pretty much told me what to buy. I don't know what I have. <laughs> I haven't bought a PC in eight years, so I'm I'm a little bit behind on what's what. Yeah, see, we built our computers. We started building our computers when we heard that Destiny 2 was coming out for PC, and we started just buying parts where we saw decent enough deals, and by the time the beta came out for PC, we were ready to go. It was funny. The parts just sat in the corner by in my house for, like, the longest time. Until it was go time. It was like, all right, time to build this PC. Get, scoop up all these parts and let's do it. <laughs> Literally brought a box of components over to my house. It's like two giant boxes of just stuff. 
And the hardest thing for me was to have to buy that graphics card. Because let me tell you, I've never spent that much money on one specific component ever. So that was a really purchase for me to have to make. That was a lot for me, yeah. If you're not ready for that purchase, yeah, it can be a little bit of a bite. I'm not sure people buy cards every year. I'm just like, I don't think that's going to be me. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I'm getting this card, the, the 3080. It's $700. But if you think about it this way, I sold mine for like $400-ish. So I got most of that money back, right? So to upgrade to something that much more powerful, to me... I justified it as an expense to future-proof my computer to where I'm not going to have to worry about, you know, upgrading to new, more modern hardware or anything like that. I mean, my CPU is pretty powerful. I have a 7700K. I can still overclock it. I don't need to overclock it, but it'll be an option. So... Guardians, on that note, I think we have something pretty exciting to talk about. And we have some news that came out from Bungie. And Shadow Price, do you want to fill us in on what's happening in the world of Bungie news this week? Yeah, um, yeah we got the This Week at Bungie. And uh, they first uh, go on to say DMG. It says the weather is changing. And uh, the first thing he talks about is the Europa trailer. Um, so have you guys all gotten a chance to check out that trailer? The first one, not the second one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the first one that they, I think they put that out on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, it was, it was a really cool trailer. Like when we got, Barracks basically when confirmed to be in this uh expansion again and just some of the cool locations and you know enemies that they showed like it was we talked about it earlier but it, i thought it was pretty strong trailer yeah i think i think it was a really good trailer i think it it gave us a lot more clarity as to what we were going to be playing and a lot of questions were kind of answered. So I I think it was really good. And for me personally, it got me more excited about what we're going to be playing this fall. Like seeing all the new environments that we're going to be playing, all the new enemy types, seeing that Insurrection Prime. Like that was really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then we got the map and that we discussed earlier. Uh, we went over that. And the uh, Europa report, 100% chance of snow. That's another uh, blog that we discussed earlier that they're adding dynamic weather to Destiny 2 Beyond Light, which I am super excited for, for reasons I discussed earlier. I just, I think that adds such an awesome element. It makes the world feel alive. That's my opinion. 
any kind of dynamic change is I am for I'm here for it. Yeah. I miss I miss world I like they have what they call world events, but the, they don't really feel like events. I don't know. I think yeah. these world events kind of feel too much like public events, and yeah. I think public events have been played out. I mean, if you think about it, we had public events since the vanilla Destiny experience. I also think that for Bungie, it has been a challenge to figure out how to make these public events incentivized enough because they can't really give you a ton of legendaries because then they devalue the endgame experience, right? So I think that's been a, a bit of a challenge for them to make the public events kind of exciting for people. And I think they tried to incorporate them into like some of the different special events that they have in the game, like, you know, Festival of the Lost and stuff like that. But it worked somewhat, but I'm I'm excited to see what they can really create with like a world event that's not just, you know, six people. That's something where you can have 20, 30 people fighting this massive boss and kind of like escalation escalation protocol feels sometimes. I like the yeah. way that encounter feels, but you can get like 20 or 30 people in that or like not not 20. I think max is like 10 or 12, something like that. But I I just love that experience. And uh we kind of almost got that with uh with the um what's the on the moon? I can't remember the name of the encounter though. It's supposed to be on the moon. Yeah, Altars of Sorrow. Altars of Sorrow, thank you. Yeah. You get a similar yeah. feeling, but not I like Altars of Sorrow for some that that feels very hoardy in a way. Um it's close. They're close. They're close on that one. But uh yeah. Um also we are less than seven weeks left till Beyond Light. So that's that's pretty exciting. So yeah. make sure you triumphs and getting your getting Take your, your appropriate days off for the second time. In your title, some people like took the days off uh, earlier, and they they pushed it back and ruined the days off. Press your days off. I oh, am. Yeah. We still don't know also, the day. Don't right. burn out. Don't so, burn out for day one. Trying to mid max. Yeah. Make sure you have uh, plenty taking plenty of fluids, and you know, make sure you're eating. Make sure you're doing all that, all that good stuff. Um, yeah. It's always exciting when we get new, new content like an expansion, you know, something with a lot of meat on it, a lot of meat on the bones. Yeah. No, some people go overboard though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the next thing they talk about is uh, Game Pass, and DMG says it goes on to say it's a pass for games. So earlier this week, Forsaken and Shadowkeep became available on Xbox Game Pass. And with Beyond Light on the way, there's no better time to gear up and get acquainted with what's going on in the world of Destiny. And yes, there's all, there's some housekeeping notes that he wanted to uh, give to the uh, people here. Um, you'll need to download Destiny 2 Forsaken and Shadowkeep to access the content. Without Destiny 2, it, you can't launch the game. So you have to make sure that you have Forsaken and Shadowkeep. Um, for new guardians that join Game Pass, there's a help article for you. 
and it's listed in this TWAB. Um, help forums are also available if you have trouble on the way to the tower. Um, and any issues accessing the game content or Xbox-related services, you can refer to Xbox support. And they will help you get your game back on. So, you guys have any thoughts about Game Pass? Destiny 2 coming to Game Pass? Not more than we've already said before about Game Pass being an ultimate value in this in this day and age. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, is, it is the ultimate value. Especially with them adding Bethesda games now. Like, you know, that's that's a really big deal. Really big deal. And being able to play Beyond Light on day one when it releases. It's also pretty cool. Because me and me and Corn will be able to go back and forth between playing on PC and playing on console. Like we'll be playing on like Series X. If we're yeah, that's the one we're gonna choose to play on because I mean we'll have it. We have Game Pass. So Um, so we have Iron Banner coming back uh, next week. Good old Iron Banner. Um, that, that needs an overhaul. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The banner needs an overhaul. It absolutely does. I mean, they they need to you know they need to make it more. They need more incentive. They need to update the weapons more than once every two years. <laughs> or we've had these weapons forever i just want to play iron banner rift that's all i want to do <laughs> I want to, yeah, I want to play rift uh, you I know play iron banner what you guys feel about this but i feel that iron banner is probably in the place that it is in because it is free and it's available for for all players so because it's free i think bungie puts less effort into creating anything more for it and I would rather make Iron Banner part of paid content in order for them to, to be able to give us more, if that's what it takes. Mm. Like, I, I don't know if you guys will agree with me on this, but I think what we got for free in, you know, the last, you know, move to Steam when that happened, I think that was a big mistake. Like, I think they gave away way too much for free. And they devalued all of that content at the same token because they brought everybody up to 700. So any piece of content that would previously get you up to 700 no longer really mattered, you know? Mm -hmm. like they're walking a lot of that back, though, and beyond light. Yeah, they're, they're changing that. I think the only things that are going to be free now is, you know, you'll, you'll be able to access the destinations, but, and I think that just, that's too much to give away in itself because anyway, crucible, that'll be free crucible. Yeah. Because I mean, I don't think it's unreasonable if you want to play a specific game for you to, you know, pay 30, $40 to get access to it. Ultimately developers have to make money and, I think Destiny is the kind of game where you're going to have a player base that are that are really hardcore about the game, that, that love the game, that will buy the, whatever is coming out. But then you also have a player base that will start up a game, play for, you know, an hour and then just drop it and not really play. 
and there will be less in- incentives for those people to play unless they have friends because they didn't really pay anything for the game, right? So, yeah, there's that aspect of it. But um, yeah, it's interesting. So for those who are interested, Iron Banner will be running uh, on September 29th, starting at 10 a.m. Pacific, and it ends October 6th, 10 a.m. Pacific. So if you're needing... Is this the last Iron Banner, Shadow? Uh... Or I are we going to get one more? I, I, I would think that it is going to be the last one, unless they decide to have one one more before Beyond Light launches. But I don't think... I think this might be the last one. Does it say it's the last one? Um, yeah, they... Uh, I, I, I can't see that they said it was the last one. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if they try to squeeze one more in before the end. <laughs> But, uh, well, now we're going to get into a pretty uh, lengthy uh, article here. Um, and it's uh, talking tech, preparing for Beyond Light. So you tech buffs, you're going really, to really appreciate this. Um, so with Beyond Light on fast approach, it's time to shift our TWAB gears a little. Today, we'll be talking through some of the back-end changes that will be coming to Destiny 2 on November 10th. To guide us through this process, we're passing the mic to Destiny Engineer and Director David Aldridge. So he goes on to say, when Destiny 2 launched three years ago, we had no idea that in 2020, we'd announce a new trilogy of expansions among other 2020 surprises we didn't anticipate. At the time, we thought Destiny 2's arc would look a lot more like Destiny 1, a couple of expansions and then a sequel. We learned many lessons from transition to Destiny 2, and from shipping Curse of Osiris, Warmind, Forsaken, The Year Two Seasons, and Shadowkeep. When we evaluated those lessons, we decided not to pursue a Destiny 3, but instead to reinvest everything in Destiny 2 and make it all that it can be. And they say to check out a longer write-up on this choice here to support that strategy. To support that strategy, we've made several tech investments to help us sustainably involve, evolve the game for years to come, and some of those investments are arriving in Beyond Light. Many of these changes are under the hood. See, they say under the hood. So that's that's engine, right? If you're changing, making changes under the hood, that's engine changes. So, and, w- and it won't affect your experience, except insofar as they help us deliver you more and better destiny in the future. But some may result in need improvements, curious behavior differences, or bugs. This means that on November 10th, some places and things will feel a little like sliders. Only 90s kids will get this. So we'd like to give you a rundown of some of the changes and possible side effects. So they said they we shifted our mission script and model to run on the physics host instead of the mission host. And there's more details on this split here that they had with an interview with Matt Seeger. In the long run, this change will give designers options to create more novel mission mechanics by giving the mission scripting environment full access to the game state instead of the much more limited access the mission host had. For example, the physics host knows exactly when, where enemy combatants are and what actions they recently performed, while the mission host only knew how many combatants were alive in a squad and what that squad was generally trying to accomplish. 
In Beyond Light, we're only launching the foundations of this system, and we look forward to evolving and leveraging it in the future. And they go to say what you might notice, the changes you're going to notice from this. The new scripted environment changed many behaviors in complex ways. And you may see interest in behavior changes or bugs in pre-Beyond Light missions and public events and similar that were originally built and tested on the previous system. We've tested these missions heavily and stamped out many bugs, but some will undoubtedly slip flip through. We'll be monitoring and fixing remaining bugs over time. In some cases, these issues were more severe. For example, they caused the Prophecy Dungeon to be, be uh, unavailable temporarily. We're all excited for its triumphant return slated for the end of this year. One other cool new feature in this area is the face-to-face -face joins in social spaces. So you can now fire team up with tower friends without a long tower reload. So before I go into the next uh, part of this article, what do you guys think of some of these, of this? Any thoughts? Um, I, I like this. I mean, I, I think that these are necessary changes because I think that from a technical standpoint, Bungie has been going through development hell with Destiny. I mean, and that's been a thing since the very beginning. So I'm excited to see them address some of these fundamental things that will really make a big impact in the future of the game. So I think these are all positive changes. Yeah. Seems like this physics host is going to allow them to uh, develop quicker, too from the sounds of it. Um, the tools are going to be better from the sounds of it. So the next part of this article says, uh, we revamped our content building and patch and pipeline for speed and install size. With the tremendous size of Destiny, our complete shippable content builds were frequently taken north of 24 hours. We made investments to bring that down to sub-12 hours, which resulted in a bunch of changes to our content and patching formats. We also took on work to allow us to cull content that we've upgraded or replaced. Our previous patching system had limited capabilities here due to trying to minimize patch sizes and other constraints. And the current Destiny 2 install has a significant amount of accredited dead content. Example, assets in the base install that were replaced in the later patches. So what you might notice... Uh, due to all these changes, Beyond Light will be a full redownload on all platforms. Wah, wah, wah. We know this will be painful for those with slower or metered internet connections, and we're sorry about that. To help mitigate this, we're planning to enable Beyond Light preloads sometime in the evening of November 9th, Pacific time, which should get everyone at least 10 hours to download before the gates open. Destiny 2's install size will also shrink by 30 to 40% due to a combination of colon unused replaced content install size optimizations and moving some content to the Destiny content vault. Destiny 2's install size will shrink to beyond, between 59 and 71 gigabytes, depending on the platform, a reduction of 30 to 40%. These improvements should also help us control install size better in the coming years. So they go to say, we hope to use these much faster builds to accomplish two things. It'll help us ship mission-critical fixes faster when game-breaking bugs arise to reduce our overall ship pipeline depth, enabling to work, us to work on Destiny releases closer to their ship dates so we can react to fresher information about what's happening in the live game 
For example, historically, each of our seasons has had to get deep into production before the preceding season launched, preventing us from reacting to learnings from the preceding season. These tech improvements should give us one to two more weeks of flexibility on a seasonal scale, helping us pivot more quickly in some cases. I find this really fascinating that it's going to like shrink the size of the install from them moving things around and getting rid of assets that are like they're saying dead assets um and almost kind of rebuilding the game in a way i can see how that could be a little bit bloated yeah from year to year and update to update can really blow that blow that out yeah. yeah yeah i mean this is pretty standard i mean they're removing so much content out of the game so it would make sense for a pretty substantial chunk of the game to not take up space. So that makes sense. It's good though. That's going to take the bloat out just like uh Con young Con was saying. Yeah. I mean, I think it's good, but there are certain destinations that I wish weren't being taken away. Like the Leviathan, for example, I think that there's an opportunity there and they, they could have done a lot more with that destination overall. And, you know, maybe at one point they bring it back. Yeah. So for people who care about the appearances of your characters, they went on to say, we rebuilt our character face system. We know that how your guardians look is important to you. and We've long waited, wanted to add more player customization to destiny. Our original system for player faces had some combinatic content authoring problems. Sorry, that's a hard word. For example, every decal had to be authored completely custom for each player face permutation. This prevented us from extending this area of the game which more content and features with more content and features. We've upgraded to a significantly more capable system with uh, example runtime decal projection. We hope to leverage for more player customization options in the future. As part of this process, we reviewed the existing player models with our diversity community committee and employee resource groups in the studio to make small tweaks to existing player heads. We're also building a list of guardian face shapes we should bring to the game in the future in order to increase guardian diversity in Destiny with the long-term goal of enabling everyone to imagine themselves as a guardian. What you might notice, your guardian's face may look a little bit different. What do we think of this? I think this is cool. I think this is exciting, especially if they bring more styles, more facial structure features. If I um, get a true bold hair, I'll be happy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think more customization is better, you know? Yeah. I feel like it was the, the customization for like something like PlayStation one is like, it was like 12, I think it was like 12 yeah. to 16 different uh, options across. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to, you know, and then you can just like they said, you can imagine yourself as a guardian. I mean, there were, I think there were more faces in WWE No Mercy back in the day. <laughs> On the N64? Yeah, I mean, there were more, there was a more, of a wider variety of faces in that game than there was in Destiny. I was like, that's, part two came <laughs> out. There's no new faces in part two? This is, seems a bit odd, right? No? Okay, just me? All right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. I think it's something we've asked for too, as a as a community. We've we've asked for more customization when it comes to the character creator. 
We've been asking since Destiny 1. The cool thing, my only concern is that I don't want for them to build out this feature at the cost of sacrificing content. Because I know how how much trouble Bungie has had with keeping up with the pace of creating content. So if it's going to take them a lot of resources to make these things happen, then I think it's kind of a, you know, mistake. I don't think it is. I this seems I like a, I'm pretty sure they outsource this part of it. Yeah. Like yeah, they said they work with a diversity committee committee and employee resource groups. Yeah. I don't think like, like this something this small is not going to take from the resources. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, and it makes it feel more like an MMO too. Actually. So um, so the last part of this uh, blog is uh, they go on to say, we relit portions of the EDZ and Nessus. During the early stages of Beyond Light production, uh, the lighting and skies teams had a desire to provide a visual refresh to the two remaining D2 year one destinations, EDZ and Nessus. As they enter their fourth year in rotation to that end, the teams performed relights and global lighting updates to a number of locations on both destinations. What you might notice, different lighting on existing destinations. The changes are intentional and are meant to bring the visual quality of these spaces up to our current lighting standards. While providing a fresh coat of paint for some of our year one locations, we hope you enjoy these updates to some familiar locations when you explore EDZ and Nessus this November. And they finished on saying, we're excited to leverage these improvements to redouble our efforts on Destiny 2. We aim to make Destiny 2 still feel like your home away from home. And that was all from David Aldridge. So that's pretty exciting. I like when they do things like that, small little tweaks like that. Like, I think it, I think those places needed to be touched up with their lighting a little bit. Um, so I don't see I don't I don't see this as a bad thing at all. Oh me either. Yeah. If they yeah, make I mean I don't better. I don't think it's a bad thing. You know, I think these are all positive changes. Uh, I just want to make sure that, you know, they're using the resources they have to make the greatest impact on what will make a difference for me in the game. But I mean I think it I think these are good changes. And I think it's, you know, needed pretty deep dive too into the some of the tech stuff too so that's uh i i appreciate that i appreciate the transparency yeah i, I like the fact that they're actually doing work under the hood and you know at this point they kind of have to with the next gen consoles coming out so i'm glad that they they're addressing it. some of these changes under so the hood it makes sense you know they're having dynamic real-time weather, so. Is know, ray tracing coming to Destiny with uh, the next-gen consoles? They haven't mentioned it, but I mean, why wouldn't it? That's that's what I'm thinking. Why why wouldn't they be able to? Unless the engine doesn't support it, but but we haven't heard anything about them adding that yet. Hopefully, they talk about it at some point. Um, so more emblems are coming into Beyond Light. Seven new emblems. Um, there's one for the new fashion show emblem. There's a featured artist one. 
which I'm sure Young Khan will have that on lockdown. Um, um I have uh, one. <laughs> I'm happy with the one. I don't know. I thought we'd go for the two. Yeah. Do you like that one you got? Oh, I rock it all the time. So it's the only one I rock. Nice. I kind of uh, wish a Destiny artist would, a uh, community artist would make one. Uh, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a new movie of the week emblem. And I have it, but I, I think it's glitched in my system. It's kind of unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I should probably contact somebody about it, but I'm forgetful. There'll be a new Bungie Bounty emblem, too. It looks pretty, pretty cool. And uh, there's going to be emblems for moderators um, and uh, the ninjas uh, that I've referred to. It. The moderators are referred to ninjas, I believe, that are in uh, uh, Bungie's um, uh, in the forums and whatnot. And there's three of them. There's one for mentors, ninjas, and uh, shields. So it's pretty cool that they're giving these emblems out to people who are volunteering to be moderators. And uh, what do you guys think of these? Yeah. Emblem, I stopped chasing emblems like after I collected them on B1. It takes a lot of time. It takes a, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, it does. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of with with Young Con here because I I think that you know I've gotten so many emblems now that it's like, okay, it's cool. I mean, they look nice. They look cool. You can't fire but, it, right? <laughs> yeah, you can't fire it, and it's like you can only equip so many at once. And honestly, right now I'm just kind of rocking the uh, emblems that I got for donating to different causes. So I mean, that's really what I'm just rocking right now um but if i'm not using those emblems then i'm probably using my beta emblem which i mean that's special to me um but yeah these are cool these are cool emblems and it'll be a nice little way to engage the community and to keep the community active and supporting each other whether it be through art like young khan whether it be through movies of the week or being a bungee ninja. So yeah, these are all great, great things. Yeah, they go on to say, uh, if you're wondering how to become a volunteer, our members are all community sourced. And if we see you helping out in the forums frequently or just having a good time in chat while upholding our code, we may reach out to see if you'd like to join up. That said, don't do it for the emblem. Do it out of the kindness of your heart and for the betterment of the community. The emblem is just a little treat. So there you go, Guardians. And we're coming towards the end of the TWAB. There's a, two movies of the week. Um, and uh, one's a We're Lost, a Destiny animation. And the other one is called Memory of Heroes, a custom Destiny 2 cloak. So congratulations to the winners. And that's pretty much the TWAB, guys. Wow. Okay. So, you know, we have a tradition on the show here, on the Destiny show. We rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls between 1 and 10. And Young Con, as our guest tonight, 
What would you give this week's Bungie Weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls between one and five? I'll give it a six. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. I like it. Dan gave it a six last week. Okay, so, so why a six? Because I don't know that much. And what they say, I don't know for how, to, how are they going to deliver on it. Mm-hmm. So telling me you want something and me seeing it, two different things. So I can't be overly excited or less excited. That one is dev disappointed. If they mm-hmm. over-deliver on their promises, I can re-rate this 12. But them telling you something, them doing things are two different things. So it's a six. And Shadow Price, what would you give this week's Bungie Weekly Update? Uh, I think there's some pretty deep good things in here. Uh, I really appreciate the tech discussion. They go on, they, they're really transparent about, you know, some of the things, changes that they're making that's going to allow them to deliver content at a better pace. How the game shi- size, it's going to shrink, which is good. It's always good when it's smaller. Why, why would you want something to be over 100 gigabytes? Do you want to play less stuff on your system or on your PC? I sure don't. So I really like that stuff. And yeah, for that reason, I'm going to give it like four and a half spicy tuna rolls. And I, I think this week's Bungie Weekly update was decent. I like the fact that uh, David Aldridge dived into some of the technical items. I really like what we saw about Europa also so i think that was a really nice welcoming thing to see in addition to that i really like the fact that they're adding new emblems and they they had a lot of information this week so i'm gonna give this weekly update a 4.5 spicy tuna rolls i think it was pretty decent i think we got some really good information and some really good changes that we can look forward to so I'm, I'm excited about it i think it was pretty decent 4.5 this is a 10 right out of five you said out of 10 that's why i gave it a six. Oh, i'm sorry i meant one out you of five you literally said 10 i was like well, that makes okay six okay <laughs> this is me this is rewind matter. it's a three rewind one out of five three okay three. i'm like oh yeah 10 spice rolls we I got it. it we got a three from young con here we so, go all right three so i mean we just- fixed it Okay, it's not bad, you know. Yeah, I think that's why you you didn't understand my answer. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not over five, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, we we got that straightened out. And Yonkon, thank you so so much for joining us tonight. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. And before we let you go, where can our audience learn more about you and what you do? Uh, they can find me on uh, conartist.org or uh, that's pretty much has all my links to it. You can find me on Twitch. I'm there seven nights a week um, streaming from 4 p.m. till midnight, typically. Um, that has all my, my, my relevant links. Uh, but I'm also on Twitter, musing. So that's also an option. Awesome. 
Well, thank you so much for for joining us tonight. And it was such a pleasure to learn more about you and your amazing story. And also to talk about so many awesome things from Xbox to Destiny to Europa to the latest news from Bungie. So thank you so much for joining us. And Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79. And also here, hopefully not messing up audio on the Destiny <laughs> podcast. All right. And you can find me, well, you can find the Destiny Show at destinyshow.com. You can find us on the Twitter at the Destiny Show. You can find us on Twitch every Thursday night on twitch.tv forward slash the Destiny Show. And you can find me on Twitter at OMG Cornholio and right here on the Destiny Show each and every week. And Guardians, thank you so much for joining us tonight for another episode of the Destiny Show podcast. Next week on the show, we welcome the amazing Nathan Sane. And we're going to be revealing our big October and November guest lineup. And Guardians, thank you so much for joining us tonight on the Destiny Show podcast. And we'll see you all next week. Good night, everyone. My name is Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of The DL, Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose.